0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: From the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago, I'm Gwen Maxey, and this is ReSound.
2: Afterwards, I was feeling better and better for every time I've been in the water. And you longer longer after holding my breath the better it was feeling afterwards
1: ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sound, sound bites and little gasps of audio we find all over the world we listen to everything we can get our ears on then bring you the best of what we hear each week
3: when you're climbing up the side of a mountain you want air too your body screams stop and your mind says well that's the trick keep
4: where do we begin today? 99 chances out of 100 in a hospital.
1: From the moment you're born, when you expel the amniotic fluid from your lungs and fill them with oxygen, the only real driving force in your life is for air. Breath is as fundamental as it gets. And yet we, as a species, cannot just leave it at that. Oh no, we're searchers, seekers, we test ourselves. How much air do we need and how much air can we do without? Today on ReSound, stories of two men pushing their limits. One discovers he needs to devour as much air as he can, while the other decides to hold his breath. Stay with us.
5: When you inhale, I will show you that your
2: stomach goes in and out when you inhale
5: and exhale.
1: Canadian producer Neil Sandel is a man of a certain age, often seen atop a racing bike, vacuum-packed into a loud lycra outfit, gasping for air. Neil's joints are not too happy with the situation, and yet he pushes hard.
3: It begins with air. When you pump up the tires of a racing bike like this beauty here, you want to make the tires rock hard. You push in so much air that if you puncture, you know right away. And then you have to stop. When you're climbing up the side of a mountain, you want air to... Your body screams stop and your mind says, well, that's the trick. It's what your mind says. The one thing you never want to think about is, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this? Because, of course, you know the answer. You know my desk at work. This is when I was around 32 and my boss calls me up and he says, Neil, the police are on the phone. They they want to talk to you. I don't understand. And they say you need needed at home. You should get home as soon as you can. I don't understand.
2: Okay, okay, everyone please take your seats. Please take your seats. Thank you. Mr Sandale will take a few questions.
3: Can can you can you hurry? All right. You there in the back.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't you think you look ridiculous? I mean, for a man your age?
3: Excuse me.
0: Well, dressed in latex and all.
3: It's spandex. Spandex. It's not latex. Latex is latex is what condoms are made out of. No, I know. <laughs> What do you mean, a man my age?
0: How old are you, Neil?
3: Now, the issue here is what I wear. That's irrelevant.
0: Tell us the truth! Come on, why don't you answer the question?
3: Are there any other questions about spandex?
0: Do you have a secret thing for latex? Why not just call it what it is, a fetish? I'm not
3: answering. I'm out of here. This this is over. I'm out of here.
0: Neil, what are you hiding from?
3: So, how old am I? Well, let's just say... I'm an analog kind of guy. This stopwatch here, I used to use it every day on the job. The job being a radio journalist. A few years ago, I found it in a drawer gathering dust. I was tossing out so much in my life back then, at home, at work. But I kept the watch. You know, I never missed a deadline in 30 years. When I made the big change in my life, I thought... I'm leaving all that behind. No more deadlines. Well, it turns out I still have one hanging over me. Thanks, Dad. What's happening?
1: (laughs) The pugs are play-bowing each other sniffing each other's butts, making noise as normal. (laughs) As you see, it's the soundtrack of our life, and I'm grateful for it.
3: My dogs. For them, it all begins with air, too. You know pugs? They've got those big sad eyes and smashed in faces. Well, that big change in my life, it was actually the dogs that pushed me. You see, since forever, Donna and I had dreamed of moving to the south of France to the city of Nice, actually. But it was always, how about next year? And then one day, I was at my desk, checking my email, and there was this one from Cunard.
0: Cunard pioneered the transatlantic crossing to the New World.
3: I had to read it twice, just to make sure. It was a -a once-in-a-lifetime offer, a way of getting the pugs to France.
5: Do you want my impressions of of the conversation?
3: Yeah, well, yeah. Well, like, what did you think when I told you? This? I
5: thought it was a bit crazy.
3: Jess, <laughs> my best friend at work.
5: I thought it was, it, it. I thought it was actually quite magical because this seemed to be embracing the randomness of all of a sudden finding out that your dogs could go on a boat, and therefore that you could actually really move to France. And, you know, even the fact that you happened to have dogs that can't fly, right? That's quite random.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's way too risky to put pugs on an airplane. The air is just too thin for them to breathe. So you have to go by ship. But only one ship has kennels. Somehow, our dogs' names bubbled to the top of this long waiting list. We had a take-it-or-leave-it offer, to make a winter crossing in 10 months' time, 10 months to wind up her life in Canada.
5: There was so much suspense, right? Would you get the visas? Would you get the health coverage? Would you be able to sell your house? Um, It wasn't a guarantee that you were going to go. You really wore that stress on, on your face, but you also knew, I kept reminding you that there was this amazing light, literally, at the end of the tunnel.
3: What kept me going was this memory of riding in France, near Nice on the coastal roads, the seas on one side, mountains on the other side, sun sparkling on the water, and that incredible high you get from working your body hard. I wanted more of that. If I got to go to France... That ride would be right outside my door, whenever I wanted. That's what kept me pushing forward when things were tough. But there was something else. Yet, to a certain age, you never know what can happen. You look around and you can see how the clock can wind down on you. Very suddenly, I could see what Jess was going through. That was a tough year for you, I know, because of your mom.
5: That winter... I did not know whether my mom was going to live as a prisoner in her body completely locked in unable to communicate uh for years and and you know we'd been coping with her illness for 3 years and it was just a a terrible grind and um
3: I, I think at some level I was absorbing a lesson like don't leave things too late
5: um my mom had so much left in her life to do she got sick when she was 59 and she went from being incredibly active and such a such an alive person as soon as she got sick she became a patient and she spent the last 3 years of her life as a patient and and so it was Incredibly inspiring to know that that you and Donna were making the most out of every moment, really. And you took a huge risk, and you went for it.
3: Well, thank you for that. Uh, Hey, how old do you think I am?
5: I'm going to guess 56, something like that fifty seven? But how how old are you?
3: I'm sixty two.
5: What? Wow, that you seem a lot younger than you are.
3: Thing is people always think I'm younger than I am, and I'll take it. It's flattering. But then again, my dad looked a lot younger than he was too. Fat lot of good it did him. I'm sitting at my desk at work. This is when I was around thirty two. And my boss calls me up, and he says, Neil, the police are on the phone. They they want to talk to you. And they say, you're needed at home. You should get home as soon as you can. I don't understand. But I get in a cab, and when I get to my parents' house, there are two cop cars, and an officer greets me. Are you Neil Sandel? Come through the front, please. Which is strange. Something is very wrong, because I always go through the kitchen, but no, come through the front. When I get in the door, there's my mom. I give her a hug, and she won't let go. And out of the corner of my eye, I see my father sprawled on the kitchen floor, dead. Dead of a heart attack at 64. He did not drink. He did not smoke. He was healthy all his life. And now he's dead at 64. What the hell sense does that make? (sighs) That was a long time ago. (sighs) Am I over it? I'm over it. (sighs) Yeah, that's a lie. Uh, about 350 meters, maybe 400 meters above Nice. That's quite a climb. It's a half hour climb. I find it really challenging. The view is really extraordinary, and the air is crisp, and it smells good, and it's fresh. It's one of the reasons I cycle. I mean, it's hard, it's exhausting, it hurts sometimes. But you do it for the rewards. It's peaceful up here. It's so friggin' peaceful. Niece, it was cycling heaven and then Ice 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 And my ice bag. Screw the lid on and find a place to sit down I think the place to start is my body about a week ago I couldn't even walk uh, I mean it was that bad the the my knees were sore up so it's all about getting older it's all about not having to give up yet another thing. I used to be able to run, I can't run anymore. Cycling is what I have left, but I can't do it in pain. It's just not worth it. Nice, on left knee. Oh, God.
0: Neil, what are you hiding from? Hey, M- Mr. Sandell, N- Neil, can we do an interview? It-, it won't take long. You again? Oh, come on. What are you worried about? It won't take long. Here, follow me. Let's, let's go into this room.
3: Oh, uh, what's with all the baggage in here?
0: Let's just cut to the chase, why don't we? Why are you so driven? Well, you could be relaxing, taking life easy, but there you are, out every day, cycling as if your life depended on it. It's a little nuts, don't you think?
3: It's a little harsh. Are we almost done here?
0: Hey, this is your fantasy.
3: Not a fantasy.
0: Okay, your... what are you calling this? Your meta... Whatever.
3: Are we almost done?
0: Will you answer the question or not? Why are you pushing yourself so hard? My dad. Yeah, the heart attack. Any theories why that happened?
3: Well, he had this type A personality, you know? He was a guy who was quick to anger, never satisfied, liked to control things. He was a guy who was, oh, what's the word? Driven. Yeah, yeah, he was driven.
0: Yeah, like you. No, not like... Yeah, we're done.
3: So, Donna, we have known each other how many years?
1: It's close to 30 now, at the end of this year. 30.
3: Do you you think I'm driven?
1: Yes. (laughs) You're a driven person, actually. When you, you do anything you pursue it intensively.
3: See, I I've been thinking about my father, right? And I worry in some ways that I've become him when I didn't want to.
1: But what do you mean by that? Well,
3: his type A personality.
1: You got it. You really do.
3: What can I do about that, do you think? Have a personality transplant?
1: <laughs> I just think it's who you are.
3: So here's something that you learn when you pull up roots. No matter how much you leave behind, you take yourself with you. You see, you unclutter your life, your mind gets quiet, and then you hear that clock ticking in the background. Was I driven? Of course I was driven. But I couldn't see another way. Let me just get to voice level. Um... It turns out I wasn't the only one hearing the clock ticking. Retirement is bittersweet. Jens Voigt, my suckling hero.
2: I mean, it's sweet that, oh, no more suffering, no more training. But also, you don't have people cheering you up anymore. You don't have a million people in Tour de yelling at you, Jens, yeah, go, 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 like you don't have that anymore. And something which worries me is I will never be as as fit and strong and lean and ready And young, like now. I'm only getting more fat, more old, and more slow, weaker. It's freaking scary to me. When he retired,
3: his team gave him a bike stenciled with his career statistics. Wins, 64. Broken bones, 11. And yet, for all his guts and glory, he told me his proudest moment was when he helped his best friend win a big race in front of his wife and kids, It happened in Nice on a high mountain pass that starts at the edge of the city. The cold is, let me tell you, it's steep, very steep. It was just him and me. The pitch was so severe, I got a kilometer and a half. And I was starting to, to get dizzy. No, you're not going to won't. I just bent over my bike, No, gasping for air. You can slow down a little bit, but... Yeah. I just had to give up. Quitting is not good. And then I stopped. This one hangs on me like a defeat. I brood about it. I think, maybe I'm just getting too old. Anyway, after a while, the journalist in me kicks into gear. So, of course, I go looking for an expert.
6: Yeah, my name's Nick Marshall. You're not from around here, are you? Uh, I'm an Australian. I've been living in France for 10 years, and I've been living on the Col for two.
3: Nick teaches yoga. He's a cycling coach, and he lives in a house high above the city of Nice, right on the Col He's got what he calls the view from the Louvre.
6: So so where are we, Nick? So this is this is the upstairs toilet and from the upstairs toilet I can I can see the the, the traffic lights at kilometer 1.5. It's here that I see riders doing the nod. If they've gone too fast through that that intense first section, it's right about here that they explode, the head drops, the shoulders droop, and they start pedaling in squares. but it's also here.
0: Hey Neil. Neil.
3: You again? What, you're a genie now? Nice harem pants.
0: I just I just have to know. He saw you, right? I mean keel over at kilometer one point five.
3: I did not keel over.
0: Hey, you didn't even make it that far, did you? No. And you're not gonna tell him, are you?
3: I am just doing a little research, okay? And besides, I'm a journalist. I don't get personally involved.
0: Right. God, you're full of yourself.
6: Be aware of your breath when you're riding, because your breath is going to tell you where you're at. The top of a mountain, and that's really the goal. The, The cold airs is not to be feared; it's just to be prepared for.
3: Okay, this is the guy to get me up the mountain. If life were a sports movie, this would be the time for the slow motion montage, tight close up of sweat dripping off man's face riding at dawn to escape the summer heat a solitary figure in the distance bent over his bicycle yeah that was me for sure but the truth is training is not romantic it's just putting in the hard work and there were times i felt i was in over my head i wanted to quit i followed nick's plan and the plan doesn't take me anywhere near the cold s not until i'm ready if I'm ever ready
6: you, you take yourself with you you take yourself with you when you're riding up the cold airs. If you've got baggage if you are running away from things in your life it's gonna catch up with you at, <laughs> at kilometer
3: 5.5 okay today is a big day and I'm stopped just at the base of the Des. This is the place where I completely quit, but I've been training. I've been training for eight, nine weeks, and today I'm going to try it, and today I'm going to do it. So let's do this.
0: What are you hiding from?
3: You're a driven person
1: actually.
6: Ping goes away. Quitting lasts forever.
3: Hey. Hey. I did it.
4: Great. Congratulations.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, it's really interesting. Like about halfway up, I was keeping in the rhythm and things like that, and and suddenly uh, it's going to sound a bit strange, but it sounded. It felt like my dad was talking to me, and he was yeah. saying. Yeah, and he was saying, "You know, you're doing better than me. You've already, you're already doing better than me. You're going to leave me behind. You're going to last longer." And, and then he said, "You know, it's time to let go."
1: Well, you don't have to let go of all the good memories that you have. Your dad, you know, the of going fishing and so on. But it's it's
3: of the you know the fear that's been driving you for so many years i just feel like i've had a a shadow or a monkey on my back you know mm-hmm. anyhow see you soon bye he was right it's time to let go it's time to say goodbye Thanks, Dad. Thank you.
1: Air was written and produced by Neil Sandel for Radiotonic from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's Radio National. We are only too happy to offer you the U.S. debut of this story, which is what Third Coast prides itself on. We look for stories all over the world, stories you may otherwise never get to hear, and bring them to you on this show and podcast, on our website, through our awards, our conferences, and our public listening events in Chicago and beyond. Coming up after the break, we bring you another North American debut from the U.K., about a man who finds breathing room by diving into an airless world. Stay with us.
0: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb.
1: Welcome back to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxai. We just finished listening to Air, about Canadian producer Neil Sandel's journey up a mountain, literally and figuratively. Our next story turns the idea of needing more and more air on its head. Stieg Prudz suffers from a chronic arthritic condition that left him jobless, divorced, and on the brink of suicide. The only time he felt relief was on long underwater dives. And the lack of air didn't bother him. In fact, the longer he stayed under, the better he felt. Steeg was free diving, a dangerous sport that entails going under the water with no oxygen or breathing apparatus. In competition, some divers are under for 6, 8, even 11 minutes. It wasn't long before Steeg started competing and within a year, he was ranked in the top 10 freedivers worldwide. His languid, dreamy story feels a little like an underwater dive itself, smooth, fluid, and otherworldly.
2: I've never been scared in the water uh, because it's, it's like, it's the best place I can be. When you're coming up, the third breath you're taking, when you're coming up with the water, it's just like... (sighs) Yeah, almost you're born at at new again. I'm feeling at home when I'm in the water. And um, when you have been in a point in your life where you don't care if you're here or not, It teaches you to get rid of everything bad. So the more I can be in the water and the deeper I can go, the better I'm getting. And um, maybe that's the reason I can go so deep so fast, I don't know. And then we have, I don't know, ten <laughs> wetsuits hanging around
6: here.
2: <laughs> I need a wetsuit for actually yeah different kind of water I'm diving in, if it's cold water or warm water. A lot of suits is hanging around here. <laughs> but it's nice with some equipments. I'm a man and I love equipment, so it's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, Some of them is, is really thick and some is really thin. The colder water is, the, the figure of wetsuit I have to, need to have on. And there's another thing: when you're doing a lot of diving, then the dive reflex kicks in, and that really won that makes your body want to pee. So, yeah, the, the suit just has to be perfect fits for me. Uh, if I'm peeing in the suit, it's only holding me warm for five minutes, and then it's gone again. So, it's not easy. <laughs> uh, so, actually, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that I, I don't, I actually think every freediver is peeing in the suits. But we do sometimes, but don't say it to anyone. <laughs> it's, it's really difficult to keep them off again. But so, but what we are rinsing them afterwards. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be free freediver. <laughs> Before I started getting in the water, uh, my life was actually like um, a living hell, (laughs) actually. I was at my doctor's and I was broke totally down. I could not sleep. I was crying uh, almost all the time because I didn't have a life. Um, Everything was just black for me. I, I could not are just pushing people away all the time. So I was actually with the doctor and I told him, you have to do something else about this because I, I don't want to live like this. Um, but But they could not do anything. The sickness is like this and you have to learn to live with that. And the only thing I wanted to... Um, for my kids there they, they was some, someone taking over for me if it's not going to change I don't want to live like this anymore
5: Think he, he he fell but he didn't sing. What time do you have? What time do you have?
2: Going up the stairs, uh, and then my little sauna is in, in there. It's it's not a regular sauna. It's an infrared warm uh, sauna, and it's <laughs> yeah, it's a little box. Actually, you can only sit. You can sit two people in there, but it's not nice. So you can sit one people in one person in there. And you're just sitting, like in in a. It's almost like to being in Egypt or something because the warm is really dry, and you have a glass door so you can look out. It's like a, a time traveling machine. I don't know. <laughs> it could look like something like that. Uh, you're definitely going in with one feeling, and you're going out with another one. So yeah, yeah, something is changing when you go in there and out there again. And it's amazing what it do to me. Half an hour in there, and then I'm okay again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: the first time was in two thousand uh, i have my ankles were swelling up and it was hurting really really <laughs> it was really painful and then they want to operate and there was uh, yeah on the operation there was only fluid coming out of my my ankles. Uh, and then they were just sewing me up again and told me I could come back and then they could suck it out if it's going happening again. But I was like, why is it there? Why, why is my ankle so bad? I didn't... I was not out running or anything, it was just coming, just big ankles. And um, they didn't know. And then in 2008... All my joints were starting swallowing up, so around two thousand and eight everything started. Um, and two thousand and nine, I stopped working. I could not yeah I got a pension in two thousand and ten. so i've not been working since, actually. Um, it's really, really painful, especially at night and when you're walking around. Um, and you get a lot of medicine for that and um a lot of the medicine is morphine it it's it's okay to have morphine in 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 a two weeks or something, but after that you you get a lot of um side effects of that. You can actually not remember everything you are doing. It's like is it a dream, or have I done those things um I couldn't yeah couldn't drive a car uh, I couldn't walk normally. I was walking around with sticks uh, if we are going out, yeah in fun parks and something like that it it was I was sitting in a wheelchair. now this garden we're going in now is uh, where the kids are playing um playing around and we have uh, yeah they can cycle around and enjoy and there's a lot of berries around here uh, they can play and in the whole summer there's berries everywhere and um, a lot of apples and a lot of good things and they like to go down and eat of, all of this and uh, I love to have all the space. It's really, really nice to have all the space now. Uh, I'm really enjoying to be down here. Uh, it's like a new start for me and my my girlfriend and for my daughters. Um, starting a new life and trying to get more out of it. And yeah, so it's it's a new start for me for all down here. So we really love to be here. my plan when i got kids was i want to teach them them a lot of things about life and how they can use life and what you should do and what you not should do but suddenly i was not capable to do anything of those things so i think they were missing their father when i was sleeping the whole day and um I could not play play with them. I could not throw them up in the air. I could just sit there and watch. And I couldn't actually remember if I have played with them or if I, it was a dream. I didn't feel like a man. Didn't feel like a father. I didn't feel like anything. Have an illness called psoriasis. It raises. Um, it's, uh, it's illness when you got um, inflammation in your joints, and it's really, really painful. I was in a like a hospital here in Denmark when there was there is a big pool. When I, I tried to be in the warm water, and it was just like it was so nice just to lie laying in the water, and, and relaxing. Um, so that, that's actually where it started. Uh, and when I I was in the local swimming pool in, in where I was living, I was trying to do the same thing, but the water was really, really cold. So when the water is cold, I start getting more pain. And there was a friend told me I should just buy a wetsuit. And uh, the guy was buying this wetsuit of he was talking about spearfishing. Uh, maybe this could be another thing I can do when it was summer. And uh, I was Googling spearfishing, and when you're doing that, then freediving comes up also. And when I saw some movies about freediving, I was just like, I want to do that. It was looking amazing. It was Everything was going really, really slowly, and thinking maybe that's something I can do. And then I started in the pool, having my wetsuit on, trying to hold my breath, and Trying to go from one side to the other side on and the water and, and I was actually feeling really, really good afterwards. I was feeling better and better for every time I've been in the water. And the longer I've holding my breath, you, yeah, the better it was feeling afterwards. Um, so, so, yeah, that's, that's how it started. Not like I want to compete in that. I just want to be in the water. But I was in, in a club in, uh, in a little town called Oense in, in Denmark. And um, there's two girls that are having this club. And they were saying, You have to go to the Danish championship in freediving. I said, Yeah, but I've only been to f- training three times. So maybe it's a little bit too early <laughs> to start in a competition. But I said, No, no, you're good at it. it. It could be fun. And just to learn the other freedivers in Denmark to see how they're doing and see how a competition is going. But that was in a competition in a pool. So you swimming so many lanes you can on can one breath, and you're holding your breath so long as you can. Um, but, and I think there was around 30 people to this Danish championship. And I was at the fifth place. Uh, so then I think it could be interesting to see what I can do in, in a competition. Um, so if I can do fifth place in Denmark, only have trained three times, it could be maybe, it could be something good about it. <laughs> but I, yeah, I know how to relax in the water. That's actually the reason I'm doing this, because yeah, the more I'm in the water, you're more relaxed I'm I'm actually being. And it's a really good combination to freediving, so... And I managed to go to 60 meters. And then I was home again for about a month. And then I was at the Danish championship in deep diving a month afterwards in Egypt. And then I did a Danish record in no fins at 70 meters. Uh, It's a discipline when you're swimming down and swimming up again with no fins um, and the record be- was a 68 meters. Uh, and I did it at 70 meters. Um, and yeah, for me, it was actually a really nice dive. Um, uh, but there were a lot of people around there. For what is he doing? <laughs> he cannot do that. He has only been diving, deep diving for two weeks. And then you cannot do a 70 meters no fin dive. But I didn't know that, so I just didn't... <laughs> uh, I was not scared about anything. Just like, yeah, I, I can do that. No, it would take me around three minutes, so I can hold my breath for six minutes. So three, three minutes, like what, I just do it. And um, yeah, and that was my, my uh, big first competition. And I got a second place and a Danish record. When I'm going down in the water and holding my breath, it's uh, I, I don't have a lot of thoughts. Um, I only think about yeah, my daughters, my girlfriends, and uh, a lot of good things. So when I'm diving, I'm I'm not thinking about a lot of things. Often it's pictures I'm seeing, pictures from my daughters, uh, pictures from my girlfriend, the dogs, and. Uh, and those pictures I'm having, they're, they're getting clearly and clearly for every time I see those pictures. So it's, it's pretty amazing to be down there. Um, but when I'm diving, I'm actually, uh, my eyes are closed <laughs> most of the time. Um, because you can, you can actually see a lot of things when you're closing your eyes. And the pressure of the water it makes it makes me so much more relaxed and my mind is getting more relaxed so I can concentrate so more about seeing good things um, So it doesn't matter if they're light or if there's dark it doesn't matter When I hit the 25 meters I'm so heavy in the water that I can free fall to the depth I'm going to, let's say 100 meters. So I'm free falling from 25 meters down to 100 meters. And that's the thing. That's the really, really big thing about freediving because you are totally weightless. You're just falling in the water. You're feeling the pressure of the water is getting bigger and bigger. It's like, it's almost like when you're a little child and you're getting tucked in by your mom in a, in your bed and uh, and you're getting more and more relaxed and you're just falling through the water. And when I'm diving, it, it's not... It, the pictures is coming to me. And when I gather pictures, I think, this this is really a nice picture. Then I just have these pictures in my head and I'm... Actually, like I'm swimming into the picture so I can see... There's more, more details in them. Yeah, my daughter's sitting out in the garden or sitting, playing around, um, and then you can see what she's playing with. Uh, maybe you can see the house in the background, and uh, then you can see how the colors of the windows are, and you can see the color of us of my daughter's eyes. Or you're going in really, really small details. Um, and when you're doing that with your mind, then the time is flying really, really fast, and suddenly you're up again at the service, and yeah, and then the dive is over. <laughs> but it was uh, a really nice trip in into this picture I got.
3: What time do you have?
2: What time do you have for the protocol? I
3: don't know.
2: Uh, yeah. oh, no, mask. Uh, it's a really good mask. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. do you have it do you have a tag yeah you have a tag uh, yeah. okay wait wait okay, okay. Yeah. wait yeah. Right. Yeah. at the competition it was like I was jumping in the water and just, I didn't know actually what I was going into, but it was nice to doing something again because I have not done anything for around five years, just laying around and not doing anything for myself or for those people I was around. So in the competition, it was just like, I can do something. It was so amazing. I just feel like I was out flying or something like that. Uh like you have a big knife in your back and suddenly someone is removing that and all the pain of that is going away and I'm impressing other people. That's amazing. Uh, someone is thinking I am something special again. Um, so, yeah, that that's that, that what it did to me. So it was, yeah. It, it's okay. I, I can I can live with that as, as it is now. Uh, I I have something. A place I can go to where I know now it's everything is okay again. Um, I can also say it another way. If if you're going scuba diving, the scuba diver he's going out to to see a lot of fishes and exploring the ocean but when we go freediving it's like you are you're diving inside yourself actually and i know when i'm going in the water i'm free again
1: Dark Blue, featuring Stieg Prudz, was produced and sound designed by Hannah Walker-Brown for the series The Lives of Others, from the UK-based Radio Wolfgang. Speaking of free dives, take one into our archive. We have over 2,000 great radio stories for your listening pleasure. Take them with you anywhere you go. Third Coast And now, before we go, one last short gasp of audio. Producer Inga Hunta takes on a laborious search for Mr. Wright. So laborious, it leaves her breathless.
4: I'm new. I'm new to the city. So some things I just checked, I don't even know what they are. I'm attracted to big brains, a sense of humor, and a guy who doesn't take himself too seriously. I like independent movies. I like books. I like traveling. I'm a music junkie. I have a broad sense of the world, and I'm open to people of all ethnic origins. I'm pretty funny. Not your average Chicago girl from New Orleans. So anything is an occasion to drink. Hit me up if this is at all interesting for you. I'm looking for a male to explore and share, live, love, and learning. I'm a college education curious woman with the energy of a 25 year old, the body of a 38 year old, and the wisdom of my years. It is very important my home is a comfort to my family and friends. But I love to explore the city and travel. You are confident with the courage to come in. You love a variety of activities which are made, your friends and family in a balanced life. Hey you, over here. I'm a SBF seeking a slightly older WM for a casual relationship. I'm very kind, shopping, I like traveling, fine dining, learning new cultures, new things. i meeting new people. <coughs> Sexy, attractive, ambitious, nice, and know how to treat a lady. I like my man. Older, worldly, chivalrous, fun-loving. Never say never. Yes, I might make you jump out of a plane or scuba dive in cable. I hope you are ready. I consider myself an adventure seeker. With one problem, I work too much. I find it hard to meet successful individuals with my schedule. But I'm willing to try. I'm looking for an intelligent, attractive, tall man who can really make me laugh. I hope some of you are out there.
1: <sighs> Mr. Wright was produced by Inga Hunte for Deep Wireless 4, a compilation of sound art produced in Canada. You've been listening to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxai. The program is produced by Dennis Funk and curated by Johanna Zorn and Sarah Geis of the Third Coast Festival. Support for ReSound comes from Emma, a web-based email marketing and communication service helping businesses and nonprofits manage their email campaigns and online surveys in style. More at myemma.com. The Third Coast International Audio Festival is a nonprofit arts organization made possible with lead funding from the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Riva and David Logan Foundation and the National Endowment for the Arts. The Third Coast Festival is supported in part by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council Agency. Special thanks to our many individual contributors from Chicago and around the world. The Third Coast Festival, now an independent arts organization, was originally founded at WBEZ Chicago. If you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. You can also connect with us through Facebook and Twitter. Resound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else.